boom all the way through to Feb 2020 and then disaster, happiness and joy. And then there's, you know, the depths of, you know, depression almost. I don't want normal. Mm. Like normal doesn't even come into the vocabulary. I want an extraordinary life. And I was like, fuck yeah. Yeah. Out of Melbourne like that. Hey, hey babe, might be away for three months. Don't know, no contact. But the saleable asset of a real estate business, needy and desperate. Something that a lot of people probably don't do enough of. And then next thing you know, an Instagram account comes out that is with the sole purpose of uh, mocking you. You laugh it off and go, ha ha, that's funny. And then it kind of sinks in and you go, I think 2024 is going to be everyone. If I mean, if you're not advertising on Homely, you should be. Well, welcome to the seventh edition of the Upshot podcast here by Homely. Today, I am really excited because we get to chat to Fraser Lack, who works at Biggin and Scott in Port Melbourne. Uh, very young for the industry, but doing some amazing things and has a very, very strong social media presence as well. So I really look forward to talking to you about that. I'm also a massive Survivor fan, so I'm really looking forward to delving into that in a little bit more detail. Cool. Uh, but great to have you on the program here today, Fraser. Thank you for having me. I'm, yeah, blessed to be here. Big supporter of Homely, so yeah. it's a no-brainer. Fantastic. Now, you've just got back from Europe. How was that? Amazing. Yeah. Yeah, well needed, really. Like, the last few years have just been all go, no breaks, yeah. you know, so it was um, perfect timing. Fantastic. What was the highlight? I love Paris yeah. and like I wasn't even so supposed to be in Paris and it was just by chance a friend said, hey, I've got a place to stay, you know, you can use the apartment. I was like, perfect. Got to pick your friend you can't wisely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's a good friend. He's <laughs> okay, a really good, good friend. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Good, good, good. Um, but it was a blessing. No, I had a friend's wedding in Tuscany and it was, um, yeah, awesome excuse. Yeah, right. It's a tough life. Tough. Someone's yeah, got to do it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm happy to do it. I'm yeah, happy cool. to do it. Cool. <laughs> Now, um, talk us through your career. Uh, you're obviously you know, fairly new to real estate, but you're doing some pretty awesome things at the moment. Thank you. Uh, so you work at Biggin and Scott. Talk us through it. What have you done differently? How are you getting into the marketplace? So I've been in real estate for just going four and a half years. So I started in Jan 19. Okay. Um, but I would argue the last four and a half years have been like 10. Yeah. Like we've seen multiple cycles in that time. Like it's just the speed of a cycle has just changed the velocity, the momentum of the industry has just picked up its pace mm. dramatically. Um, so it's been sort of like, you know, birth by fire, you know, baptism by fire, um, yeah. everything that we've been through with COVID, et cetera. And people don't even remember, like 2019 was tough. Yeah. You know, we dealt with a lot of speculation about, um, you know, change of government and capital gains tax. And like, I remember having properties on the market for 90 110, 120 days yep. in 2019. Yep. And then it kicked into gear post-election, no change of government, boom, all the way through to Feb 2020 and then disaster, <laughs> you know, with COVID and everything else that happened over the last three years. Yeah, no, it's crazy. The cycles in the market over the last five to six years has been absolutely wild. I remember yeah. when they had the Banking Royal Commission. Mm. That was the first bad market I'd seen since I got into real estate. And yeah. it was know nowhere near as bad as it is right now but it was yeah. a real shock to the system and yeah. then we sort of came out of it and things were pumping along again yeah so. yeah so i've had it like a glimmer of good times yeah but um but you know what like you know you never learn anything from just easy days yeah right so um the more difficult it is the more challenging it is you know the, the more skilled the sailor yeah that's true. I think you're probably going to see a lot of people getting out of the industry at the moment. I've seen it, you yeah. know, like it's it's crazy to see even how it's changed in three years. People that were that have been in real estate a long time and just decided to call it quits, yeah. you know, and go, you know what, I want something more stable. Yeah. I want to become an account manager for something and yeah. take a salary and have, and have a family and that's, that's cool. But you do you, you know, like there's no – and I think those people probably respect – real estate agents the most yeah. anyone who's been involved in the industry or been an agent prior yeah probably really understand it yeah most so do you enjoy the grind i do and i don't like like any job yeah. right you have good days and bad days and there's yeah. moments of absolute happiness and joy and then there's you know the depths of you know depression almost Deals right falling over not getting listings everything yeah yeah everything and and it's a roller coaster of emotion yeah. every day um you know by the 
hour, by the half hour, you know, you can feel incredibly happy with yourself. You're like, fuck yeah, that came off. Yeah. Didn't expect it would and I pulled it, you yeah. know, but, um, and then you have a, you know, a client of yours can go, yep, actually we don't want to sell anymore and you've invested eight weeks into them. Yeah. You know. So how do you manage the peaks and troughs? I think you've got to have a, like, well, obviously get into it, but I think you've got to have a really good sort of uh, base level, yep. right, in terms of everything else in your life outside of real estate mm-hmm. that keeps you constant. Yeah. You know, if you don't have that, then you really do fall into those peaks and troughs. Yeah. And you almost believe the bullshit. Yeah. And it's something that I've had to learn and I am still learning is how to kind of detach from that yeah. as much as possible. You don't want to be a mute to your emotions and that's what makes you human. But at the same time, you can't take it all home with you yeah, because yeah. it'll destroy you. So how do you unwind after a day like that? Is, it, is there <laughs> anything that you put in place? Because, I mean, it can be pretty challenging. I'm sure it'll yeah. take up a lot of your mental space. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, but yeah, definitely. And as I said, like still getting it right. Yeah. And there's not many people who, like even, even some of, you know, mentors and people I look up to in the industry, not many people I look at have got it right. Yeah. Or you might have it right for a little while and you fall out of it. You yeah. know, so it's constantly realigning yourself and finding your balance and finding your like safe space. But for me, like having a really, really good friendship group has done, um, has been massive, you yeah. know, and that, and that includes for, you know, any of the young agents out there ridding your circle of anyone who is negative or does drain your energy mm. or drain your time and your peace and your happiness and just, you know, only celebrate and spend your time, which is your most valuable asset with people um, that do celebrate you, mm. you know, and keep it small. Like I've got a handful of friends, count them on one hand. They're on my favorites list. Yeah. Probably speak to them all, if not daily, Yeah, you know, and that that's massive. I love that. I know that uh, I'm a bit older than you, only yeah. a little bit, but yeah. I am older. Don't than look you. at <laughs> and uh, I surrounded myself with people that cut me down earlier on, uh, and I don't do that anymore. And it's yeah. so much better, so yeah. much better. People that want to celebrate your success rather than criticize or chop you down. Yeah. So it's a really We're good jealous, you know. Bit of that, but even that, like it's it's something that I can say this, and you can say this, but I think you have to go through it before you realize it. And everyone's going to realize that at different stages of their life, yeah. you know, whether it's eighteen or it's thirty-two. Yeah, you know, and go actually the way that I'm living and who I'm living with don't support me and don't support my growth yeah. um, to be the best person I can be. Yeah. Um, and that's, that's what you should strive for. So I was lucky that, you know, I was, I had a pretty clear vision on that and I've made some really great friends and I've lost some other friends, yeah. um, you know, over the last few years, but um, I'm in a pretty good place with my relationships. Cool. Cool. Now talk me through a day in the life of Fraser Lack. You're yeah. massive in the fitness side of things. I know yeah. you do a lot of running. Uh, I'm sure that helps with your, you know, getting into the rhythm. Talk Mental, me through. Everything. Yeah. yeah, no, for sure. Like I, um, it's interesting, you know, like I, I'm a constant sort of source of inspiration. I'm always looking for, um, I'm, I'm always inspired and I'm always looking for more and yeah. more motivation and, and I heard something the other day that says, you know, like, cause I was thinking, yeah, what is a normal day in my life? I don't want normal. Hmm. Like normal doesn't even come into the vocabulary. I want an extraordinary life. I want an amazing day. There's no normal day, but the way to do that is build that from the get. And look, depending on the day, I mix my mornings with between either running or gym. Yep. Running's definitely a, a you know a really big focus of mine, and I absolutely love it. And I would encourage anyone who doesn't think they're a runner to just start, yeah, because I think it can do so much for you just mentally. Um, yeah, it's been it's been a really big backbone to, to my life. Yeah, uh, but yeah, I'll, I'll generally I'll try my absolute best to be at the gym five thirty two in the morning, or. I'll run about 6 a.m. Okay. Yeah. And I and I, I, I would exercise six days a week. Yeah. Yeah. yeah with, without a doubt. Um, so it's generally about four runs a week and three gym sessions. Yep. There'll be a double day 
in there. So I'd still have one day rest yep. for sure. But exercise and um, and that physical element of just moving, so okay, couldn't live without it. And I probably, you know, I'm at the point now where I've done this religiously and relentlessly for so long that it even impacts who I want to do business with and, yep. who, I, and who my friends are. Yeah. Um, none of my friends, you know, all my friends uh, operate the same way. Yeah. You know, and my best friends, I see them pretty much every morning because we're all training together. Yeah. I guess it's a great way to be disciplined, right? Yeah. And that rolls in. That's what your, it is. Yeah. Right. It, it's a hundred percent. It's all about discipline. Yeah. And, and bettering yourself and being just the best version you can be. Yeah. Do you have days where you lack motivation? Definitely. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, definitely. So like, you're not superhuman. No, no. Okay. And you know, you know, it, there are times being young as I am where you kind of feel immortal, yeah. you know, and you feel invincible. Yeah. And, uh, you know, running is one of the most humbling things you can do. Yeah. Training for a race or an event, uh, you know, working through injury, et cetera, you know, really um, snaps you out of it quick. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, yeah, you kind of realize that pretty quickly. Yeah, love that, love that. <laughs> All right, I'm going to move into a little bit of Survivor. I won't okay. spend too much time on it. Yeah, so yeah, that's I'm right. I'm a big fan. I've watched every season. Awesome. Uh, I've seen all your videos on Lords of Property. So when yeah. you came on as a villain, I was just shocked because you're yeah. a hero in my eyes. Right? <laughs> Thank you. What was it like? How did it all happen? Talk me through Mate, it. it was nuts. Yeah. It was crazy. So, you know, long story short, I got a message on Instagram yeah. on a Wednesday night at about 11 p.m. Yeah. from someone who just like low-key account. It was like a mum on Instagram, but she was actually a casting executive for Endemol Shine, the producers of the show. Okay. Yep. Like 300 followers, private account saying, Hey, I've got an opportunity to talk about Survivor. We'd yep. love to chat with you about it. And I was like, Fuck yeah. Yeah. Let's chat tomorrow. You available at 9 a.m. She's like, Yep. Perfect. Called her at 9 a.m. the next morning. She's like, Great. Love this. I want to get you on an interview. Yeah. Done. Let's do it today. I'll move it around. I'll make it happen. She's like, I can do three. Gotcha. Yeah. Had an interview at 3 p.m. that day, moved into another interview, into another, probably ended up doing about five interviews through the course of about two weeks. And then between first contact and going was a month. Okay. Turnaround was quick. Yeah. I was out of Melbourne like that. Yeah, so I had no prep. There was no lead time. It was, we've got a spot. Yeah. We want you. Uh, you know, you had to do a number of physical tests, psychological tests, yeah. um, health checks, all of the above. Yeah. And then they gave me a green light about officially about a week before I left. What, they just jumped you on a plane straight away? Yep. Yeah? Yep. How did you manage that with your business? I'm sure you had listings and stuff like that on the go. Yeah, look, it was tough because, you know, as well, like they keep their cards pretty close to the chest. And when I say this, like seriously, when like survivor gods look at you and go, hey, we want you, you just make it work. Yeah, You just figure it out. And that was a really, that was, you know, that was probably one of the really good learnings for me is how to detach and how to walk away. Yeah. That your business is not your life. Yeah. As much as you allow it to be you know, every other day, right? So being able to walk away from your clients and say, hey, I can't be here. It is what it is. You're in safe hands dealing with David, Yeah. right? So there's rest assured you'll be fine. Yeah. I would love to be here, but I can't. I have something that I need to do that that I need to do for me. Yeah. And you need to respect that Um, because I respect my own time and my own life, my own journey. Yeah, enough to be able to do that. But it was challenging. Like that was one, that was the most difficult thing I had to deal with. Yeah. Like telling my girlfriend at the time was like, you know, like that was hard. I was in a new relationship. I'm like, Hey, Hey babe, might be away for three months. (laughs) Don't know. No contact. Yeah. You know, but like the, you know, what I really, really fretted was I do so much work Monday to Saturday every week scouring for leads to potential listings, working those leads relentlessly, religiously for months, years on end to then turn around and go, hey, actually don't want the listing. I'll see you in three months. You know, like that was really hard. Yeah, It goes against every fiber of my being to say, I can't actually help you now. Yeah. And have to be okay if they wanted to sell 
with another agent. None of them did. That's what that was. That was the lesson. That was my next question. Okay. Right? None of them walked away. They were all super supportive. And I had to say, look, I'm going on TV. Yeah. It's overseas. Yeah. It's not what you think. Yeah. Because all of them immediately think Bachelor, yeah. Bachelor in Paradise or whatever, some bullshit. Yeah. I said, trust me, you'll love it. Yeah. And you'll want to watch it. So, um, but, you know, like that was a really good lesson so that I can walk away. And then, you know, when I went away f- for this trip for my friend's wedding in Tuscany, again, it was very easy for me to do that because I'd done it. Yeah. And I didn't think I could. Yeah. It's just breaking, I guess, the psychological barrier that you need for to sure. Go. For sure, yeah. yeah, and and you know, and I probably learn things on how to better, better process that. Yeah. As far as okay, how do I handle it? What do I need to say? What are the conversations I need to have in lead up to? Yeah. So you get better at it. You you almost it becomes part of your life that you're going to be stepping out of the business. Yeah. Certain amounts of times and uh, for certain periods of the year, and you need to do that for you, so you can be absolute best self when it comes time to actually representing your clients yeah and if you can't do that if you can't step away you're not doing them any service and you're not doing yourself any service yeah you see so many people that just can't disengage from real estate you know they go on holidays they're always still on their phone they're still checking emails it's like so important just to switch off reset definitely get straight back into it yeah 100 and when i was away you know like i check my emails probably every five days but that was that was it you know like and that was big for me yeah and um but that's you know a realization that i've made after working so intensely for the last four years of how i need to operate better for longevity yeah that there is no longevity and just burnout constant burnout and that's the probably one of the biggest issues i see with my industry is that inability to switch out and switch off And look, for some people that are probably younger in the industry, if you don't have the support crew and network Mm. around you that you can delegate or pass off to, then that might be tough. If you don't have assistants or sales staff, et cetera, then it it is pretty tough. It makes it tough. But uh, you need to find a way to do it or you need to just empower others. Yeah. You know. Yeah. I'm going to circle back to Survivor really quickly because I've got sure, four, for questions, sure. four quick questions I want to get we got through. Side all right, no, that's all right. <laughs> yeah. You were part of the greatest blind side in history, in my opinion, anyway. George yeah. got you. Yeah. The devilish little man. He yeah. Is. Yeah. What was that like? Look, it was shocking. Yeah. You know, like it was just so unexpected. Yeah. And I think that's the one thing that, like, a, you know, you try and predict what's going to happen. Yeah. When you're there, when I was there, you can't, you're constantly like, okay, today's going to be this challenge. Today's going to be this because it, it, history tends to repeat itself with that show. Yeah. And they keep proving you wrong. Yeah. They just throw twists and turns at you and but they keep reminding you that this is their show. It's not yours. Yeah. You're just here to play a part. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, um, yeah, like it was uh, traumatic but, um, you know, like if there's any way to go out, I'm happy it was that. Yeah. And uh, to be part of that show's history forever yeah. is pretty awesome. It was so it was. I'm always going to have a positive spin. Okay. Well, okay. So positive spin. What are your feelings towards George? Don't like him. <laughs> okay. now, look, I'm going to be honest, <laughs> okay, right? Um, yeah. Like, you know, all the best to him. Yeah. In whatever his endeavors are. Yeah. You know, for the, the remainder of his days. Yeah. They won't be celebrated with me. Yeah, so I think Simon called him the cockroach from Bankstown. So yeah, yeah, I think yeah. that probably is pretty fair. No, look, honestly, absolute respect. He he plays the game well. He knows it well. He is an absolute student and um, and it served him well. Yeah. And at the end of the day, he got me before I got him. So, yeah. you know, hats off to him. Who was your favourite player? I think I know the answer to this, but I want to know if I'm correct. You know my answer to this. Yeah. On my season? Yeah. Uh, Geordie? Yeah, of course. I love Geordie. Yeah, man. He is the best. He's a legend. Yeah. Um, Geordie, if you're listening, love you, brother. No, he's, he's, <laughs> Geordie, he's, I don't know you, but I love you too. <laughs> he, look, he's such, a, he's such a cool dude. And he's just a really humble, down-to-earth guy that I just connected with yeah. off the bat, you know. And it's it's very isolating being on an island in yeah. the middle of nowhere with no contact. Yeah. And you don't know anyone and you're told essentially when you can eat what you can eat because if you win challenges or you don't so to kind of form a really great relationship that then goes outside of the game yeah was really special and that's probably that's one of the 
best things I can take away from it. Love that. Has it helped your career, do you think, being on Survivor? Yes and no. I think it's helped my personal brand yep. and my, let's just say, awareness of phrase. Yep. Like my, let's say my following hasn't increased dramatically. I still had a, a fairly substantial following prior to that on Instagram. Yeah. But it helped with everyone else. So, for example, like I'll walk down the street and people who I don't know, but I know that they own property, mm. I know that they're local, be like, hey, well done, like great job. Yeah. I loved watching it, yeah. you know. And that's where if I am front of mind as – Port Melbourne real estate Fraser. Yeah. Awesome. That's what I want. Yeah. And that, you know, it hasn't come back to me. It's not as if someone says, Hey, I saw you on Survivor. Would love you to sell my place. Yeah. Never heard about you before, but it's probably helped the brand recognition. Yeah. And my perception in my area. Yeah. Think about how many phone calls you'd need to make to have that lasting impression on someone that walks down the street and then yeah. just immediately identifies with you. So Seriously. Sure, yeah, yeah exactly. Amazing. Yeah. And, uh, and, you know, again, like visually, yeah. right, rather than just verbal over the phone, hey, it's Fraser, I'm here to annoy you again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Smith Street sold for X. <laughs> what, what does that mean for you, yeah. you know? Yeah. Um, so, yeah, like it hasn't come back to me yet, but I know that it, it all plays a part. Yeah, absolutely. All right, back to real estate. Yeah. What are you doing differently in your business to get listings at the moment? What are some of the strategies you put in place? I think people are overcomplicating it. Yeah. And when we say, you know, I see that many real estate mentors and advisors and coaches out there sort of giving seven strategies to get more listings in yeah. the current marketplace, et cetera, I am just knocking on doors, uh, not physically, but uh, calling, 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 okay. you know, and that's, that's all you can do. I think the more that you can make calls will convert to simply in-person appointments. And that's where the magic happens. Yeah. Like if I, that is when I'm going to be the most influential or the most personable and I'm going to build the most rapport with someone yep. is face to face. Yeah. Right. The chance of doing that over the phone is very slim. Mm. If you can't book an appointment with that person, and they're not willing to invite you into their home, they're not going to list with you. Yeah. You don't win the listing, you don't sell the property. You yep. don't sell the property, you don't get paid. It's as simple as that. Yep. So, look, c calls. I mean, a lot of people, and I've struggled with this through the last few years, you know, you go through peaks and troughs like anything where you don't want to call. Mm. You, you get complacent, right? You get lazy, right? You're on a winning streak. You've won seven out of seven listings you've just gone for, yeah. right? And you're like, cool, things are humming, you know, business yeah. is good and that drops, right? But it's learning to keep it consistent, make it part of your routine yeah. and know that it's a non-negotiable of your business. Yeah. Pipeline management, just keep working on it all the time. And it's hard when you have these breaks and you go away for three weeks to Europe and the time zone's completely off. Yeah. Um, but having, like, if you go away, have listings set up for when you come back. Yeah. I was still in, I was in Spain and I had three listings go online on the market. Yeah. So I could fly home 1am Saturday morning and go to the, go to the appointments that Saturday morning. Yeah. You know. Was that a goal of yours to have listings for? Ha absolutely. Yeah. 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 Otherwise you've just lost time. You haven't just lost three weeks. You've probably lost six. Yeah. So, you know, calls, calls are massive and I, I need to be doing more. I can always do more, yeah. right? And it's funny, like I, I was, um, I had a friend, like he, he was at, it was over at my place even yesterday and he heard, he just heard me like calling through. I'm like, look, I can't, I can't hang out now. Yeah. Um, I'm going, I, I, I still need to get through this call list, you yeah. know? And he's like, yeah, cool. Like you do things. And I was just half an hour, just, and he was like, fuck, like it is really tough. I'm yeah. like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think, and out of that, like nothing came from it. Yeah. Absolutely nothing. Um, but you just need to stick with it. Yeah. You know that someday something will come out of it. So something just, will. Yeah. 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 It's that promise to yourself. Yeah. 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 So do you focus on, I guess, a big, big database or are you kind of trying to keep your database a little bit smaller and just work with a smaller amount of clients? Because there's a few different ways to do it, right? Yeah. I think, look, number one that I always come back to is buyer work. Yeah. Really good buyer work. 
but I work to the point where someone who I've met at some point in the last couple of years ends up buying a property and they decide to lease it out. For example, they don't go to the agent that they bought through. They call me. That's massive. And obviously I look, I'm not so involved in the rental side of things, but um, there's no denying. And anyone who doesn't understand this, that the saleable asset of of a real estate business is their rent roll, Mm -hmm. that that makes a really incredible impact on my asset yeah right so even though i'm not it's not my day-to-day in terms of leasing great bring this client into the world of fraser yeah nurture them take care of that property for them yeah and they're gonna be a client for life yep and at some point it'll come down to a transaction yeah later down the line you know but really great buyer work yeah and then, yeah, look, I, I hate being the person that pesters people, especially vendors, right, mm-hmm. about do you want to sell your home? Do you want to sell your home? It's always providing value. I only call with value. Mm-hmm. If there's information that, that could be useful, mm-hmm. great, then I will call. But I don't call for the sake of calling yeah. needy and desperate. Yeah. Because it, I need a listing. Can you sell? Seriously. Yeah. you know, And I feel like that's what a lot of people do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's always with intent always calling with intent. Um, I've curated a pretty small list and this is something I've only done recently where very, very select few people that have mentioned or hinted the idea that at some point they will sell, Mm. right? Might not be in a market appraisal yet, might not be a listing appointment yet, Mm. but they've just mentioned it. Immediately, I've got a small part of my CRM which is allocated towards them and they get an email every week with an update on the market mm. every week, every Monday morning, they get to know what's listed, what's sold, uh, what the r- true real auction clearance rate was, yeah. not what any of the portals tell you, <laughs> yeah. not yeah. what it says on the news, the yeah. actual honest uh, understanding of that. Um, and when I say a market snapshot, not just my listings, all listings, yeah. every agent's listings, I'll, I'll send them a link to another agent's listing so yeah. they know about it yeah. and go, cool, any interest? Any questions, let me know. Yeah. I don't need anything back from you. It's fine. Yeah. But that weekly, like two years, someone decides to sell. Bang. Hey, they got a hundred emails from me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, and three to four calls in that two years. Do you track the engagement on those emails? I do. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And the click through. Yeah. And the resend. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's interesting. Yeah, it's it's definitely interesting. Um, But that's like, and you look at that and go, okay, that and the actual click-through and the read rate versus my uh, buyer match alerts, right, where I send out to buyers in my database about a new listing, mm. um, very different. Yeah, you yeah. Know? So, um, so that's look, that's massive. But I think also one thing that just coming back to your question as far as what am I doing, something that a lot of people probably don't do enough of is letter drops. Yep. And in my marketplace where the median age is for the properties that I'm targeting and, and that I want to sell, 40 to 60, mm-hmm. they still, like they get mail. I don't get mail, right? I'm 25. I, yeah, don't, yeah. I don't get anything in the mail. Yeah, yeah, They do, right? So anything is direct mail has been really, really important, mm. right? And again, it's a touch point. Everything I'm doing is to create this fear and this sort of world where they're seeing me or my brand or my name or hearing from me or seeing me physically mm. at an open for inspection or on the street so many times yeah. that it becomes no brainer. They associate real estate with me, yeah. right? So if I'm putting something in their letterbox literally every month, right? And they, like they might throw it out 11 out of 12 months, but they keep seeing Bigger Than Scott. Yep. They keep seeing Bigger Than Scott, just listed, just sold, just listed, just sold. Yep. And at the end of the financial year, so next month I'll do, um, I'll do, you know, a half yearly uh, marketplace report for certain apartment buildings okay. and certain sub pockets of Port Melbourne yeah. of similar property, yep. you know. Because there is, I mean, you've got those towers in Beacon Cove. Or do you target those sorts of, yeah. there's some good apartments there's in there. some good property. Yeah. 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 Waterfront, love it. Oh, look, but I sell everything. You yeah. know, like I um, I don't I don't so much specialize in just one type of property or one price bracket. But, you know, I'll sell anything from uh, sort of 450 
up to we just achieved a sale off market for just over three and a half million yeah cool about a week ago yeah so you know like there's a lot of very variety in that sort of in that in, you know between those two price ranges. yeah um but you know that's why i just i i really try and focus on port melbourne and surrounding areas mm-hmm. and try to do as much as i can and put as many uh touch points out there to potential clients um, for now and in the future. Love that. Talk me through your personal brand. Yeah. So you've got a, a big following on Instagram um, and I'm, th- I'm sure that's come through a different ch- a number of different channels. Yeah, yeah, yeah. How did you start? What, what, what were the things that you did that uh, got you where you are today? Look, it's a good question. And I st- it's funny, like it's, you know, I appreciate you saying that. It's, I don't see it as a big following. Yeah. It's probably big comparative to the rest of the industry. To real estate agents. To real estate agents, right? So, you know, but if you look at the broader accounts on Instagram and content creation, et cetera, which is becoming so, so big and a massive industry in itself, Mm. um, I'm minor, you know, I'm small on the playing field, right? I'm on the bench, you know, but... It, it, it look it, it has been really helpful it started very small i you know it's like coming out of high school i had probably 900 of your friends mutual friends friends of friends of friends yeah that sort of thing who you just follow right yeah. and look I, you know early on I've, I've always been incredibly ambitious and inspired and that's something that has been with me uh, since my earliest days yeah you know like since i was a child and I've always been looking, promoting and pushing motivational content, whether it's something I see, read, hear, I'll always just put it out there. Maybe maybe someone will take something away from it, yeah. right? And it started with me just sharing quotes, et cetera, and then it moved into me, um, you know, making these little motivational videos. I watch them religiously through the day, so you get me through the day. I'm going to ask you to do one later. (laughs) (laughs) But, you know, like it it moved into that and that even started small. Like it wasn't what it is now. It started as, okay, it might have been 10 seconds. It was one line, boom, in and out, done. And, you know, people loved it. Like my friends would be super supportive and encouraging and be like, fuck yeah. Yeah, yeah, You know, um always replying and it was always just just on my stories right so it wasn't anything like crazy serious yeah it was there for 24 hours and it would disappear vanish gone right so you you either saw it you didn't right and then that evolved further because i got so much positive feedback you know people were like wow i really like what you're doing you know and i was like all right cool need to be better need to be faster need to be quicker need to give more right and do it more frequently so i was like let's 10x this so you know and then you start practicing it, right? And you start working on it and working on it, working on it. And then you're like, well, I need to know more. I need to learn more. I need to have more in this catalogue of motivation, you know. And then next thing you know, an Instagram account comes out that is with the sole purpose of uh, mocking you and all the industry, you know, and poking fun at real estate, which I agree is pretty funny. Um, but you know, I am the first post on this page and I was the profile image at the time. Right. So it was, it did feel very personal and it did feel, uh, like quite an attack on me. And at the time, like, again, I had 900 followers. I, my account was private and it just felt like someone was really out to hurt me, Okay, you know, and it just felt incredibly personal. And there were things that they had shared, or cut and spliced and edited mm. photos and videos of me that I'd posted like a year ago mm. that had been saved, screenshotted, recorded, whatever it might be mm. with the intention of reusing down the track when this page would come up, yeah. you know, and that's what we, it just felt so orchestrated and so planned mm. that I was like, fuck, like this is, um, I don't know, what, I don't even know what to think, yeah. you know. And at at first you kind of, you laugh it off and go, ha ha, that's funny. And then it kind of sinks in and you go, 
someone doesn't like me. Yeah, yeah. Like really doesn't like me to the point where they're willing to do this. Some pretty savage stuff on this page. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so, you know, you, you, you struggle with that, but I'm better for it. I'm yeah. much more uh, emotionally intelligent and controlled. Yeah. And it, it really gave me the opportunity to understand myself better and probably be better equipped for criticism. Yep. You know, like in those early days when they would post whatever it is with a funny caption or a funny tagline and, you know, with the intention of taking the piss yeah. out of me, you kind of, you know, it, it hurts you and you go, yeah, wow, and you read the comments and there's 350 comments and they're all going, this guy's a joke, this guy's a clown. Mm. You know, I've heard every bad comment there is to say about me. Yeah. Anything that could be said has been said. Mm. It's trying to hurt me now. You know, like I've built, I'm just built different now. Yeah. It's, it's, it's as simple as it is, you know, through going through that, you know, incredible scrutiny and ridicule, you're kind of, I'm untouchable. This is uh, very interesting to hear. Um, and, I mean, there was always these rumours around that you created Lords of yeah. Property. That was what I was always told, that you'd done this, you'd set this beautiful thing up so you could build out your brand. So that's obviously not the case. Maybe I did. Oh, no, 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 no <laughs> seriously. No, like, um, yeah, you know what? Those rumours will circulate forever until such time that we find out who truly runs a page. Yeah. And, you know, it's funny, though, because friends have asked me, well, what if, you know, what if you did know? Like, what would I do? Yeah. Right? Like, I'm, you know, I'm not going to go up and confront someone and say, I'm, you know, how dare you make my life better? Because yeah. my life is better. There you go. Better for it, yeah. you know? And um, the, the blue sky and everything in this whole situation is that it has done a lot for me. Yeah. And it has completely flipped the script. Yeah. And that is a direct reason why my... Uh, my following increased to where it was to get noticed by the casting executives for Survivor yeah. and get onto this show and potentially new shows in the future. It probably would have started off a lot more hate at the start, but I would say yeah. now people love it, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I will petition to have you on the $5 bill. I saw that. <laughs> that was the best. Thing that was. It was pretty good. It was pretty good. Like, you know, I love that. That was hilarious. Yeah. But, um, yeah, like it was – it started off as ridicule, and it still does happen. That page has gone pretty quiet. Yeah. There's not, not a lot there anymore. It's because you've been in Europe. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, but like, it, it slowly turned to people going, this is actually really toxic. Yeah. It's really negative. It's not supportive. It's not encouraging. There is no good that comes from this. Yeah. Right? And it turned people kind of against it to – and the page was always sort of tongue-in-cheek, so – it was mocking me, but also celebrating me at the same time. Yeah. Celebrating me as their king. Yeah. Right. So, um, but there are, there are a lot of people that then, you know, have reached out and have been so supportive of my journey yeah. and just want to be part of it, yeah. you know, and to everyone that does send me a message or comments, I, I see you, you yeah. know, I'm, you know, I'm in your corner. I'm proud of you. Like appreciate, appreciate the love and support. I might not always respond um, you know, I've got things to do, but I do, I do appreciate it. I do see it. I love that. It's funny. I, um, my wife and yeah. I watch Survivor. Yeah. There's dummy accounts of yours that we yeah. discovered and yeah. Yeah. she got added by this dummy account thinking it was you. And she contacted me straight away and said, you won't believe it. Face is out of <laughs> on Instagram. It was hilarious. But anyway, she asked me to say that today. So there you go. It's on there. Thanks for that. (laughs) Um, Oh, very good. Mate, talk me through your big goals. You're obviously very young. Well, let's not say that. Very young. You're new to this, newish to the space. Yeah, yeah. You've got some big ambitions. Yeah. Where do you want to go with this? Look, I I love what I'm doing and I can always see myself involved in real estate. Yeah. Uh, What aspect or what position – that'll evolve. That'll change. You know, I, I see myself, um, I, I really see everything that I've done as being very minor to where my ambitions are. Yeah. You know, I'm very partial. I've got so much more that I want to do. And I'm I like, I honestly consider myself as beginning this journey today. Today is day one. Yeah. And that's how I see it every day, you know? So even though I, you know, I do have to be, um, proud of because 
proud of what I done what I've done because I've come into an incredibly competitive marketplace yeah. and been able to segment my own position, my own identity, mm. and my own point of difference. Mm against some very, very established competitors. Yeah, I mean, just on that, the market that you work in has some of the biggest brands in Victoria and some of the best agents. So to enter into it is very, very difficult. So, yeah. 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 No, like, you know, yeah, I completely agree. I, I would say that this is, yeah, if not, the second or the, you know, up there with the most competitive market in Victoria. Yeah. Um, and therefore Australia yeah. based on that. So to come in with a very short history in the industry and earn some level of respect and attention mm. has been, um, has been very special. Oh. So, but there's a lot to do, a lot to prove. And there's a, you know, as the slight, as the pie shrinks mm. with, uh, the economic climate that we're in, I just need a bigger slice of the pie. I'm going to keep pushing for that. Keep pushing. It's my Kobe era. Love that. Um, how do you combat, I guess, some of the challenges around being young in your marketplace? You just have to embrace it. Yeah. Right. You cannot fight it. The beard helps. Okay. All right. Well, I so can't grow a beard. I've tried. <laughs> it just doesn't come out. If I, you know, like, there's no denying it, right? Yeah. And it's funny. Like, I'm not going to say people have copied or what have you, but I've definitely noticed the beard uptake in my area has increased, <laughs> yeah. right? So in the last, you know, couple of years, I've definitely noticed that change. Um, but look, you have to embrace it. Don't fight it. The more that you try and prove that you're not young, uh, it'll come off as inauthentic. Yeah. Just, you know, embrace it for all the good reasons uh, that I, these, you know, these are my, USPs, unique selling propositions, right? Mm-hmm. I'm younger, yes. Less experienced, absolutely. However, I have zero dependence and I have all the time in the world to prove why you need to sell with me. Yeah. And that I'm going to make that point every day of the week. I have the the energy that I – this is not the 5,001th sale. Mm. Right. This is the only sale that I'm focused on. Yep. And this is my has my absolute attention. Yep. Right. And for any agent that's been in the industry 10, 15, 20 years, what have you, with all my competitors, essentially, um, they've lost that, I would say, attention to detail and mm. focus. There's some great competitors and I ab- have absolute respect for them. But I would say match me one for one in energy and you can't. Yeah. And it's as simple as that. Um and I've just got so much that I want to prove. It's, as I said, it's just not the next sale. It is the only sale. Yeah. And I give each of my clients that same attention and focus. And, uh, and you know, I think that speaks volumes if you look at my testimonials and reviews online. That coupled with the fact that you seem very, very composed, even in this podcast, for your age. No, I mean, I keep going back. You're 25, <laughs> you. right? Yeah, but you yeah. are very composed, very level-headed, so that plus the energy, I'm sure, would be very, very powerful in the living room. Yeah, yeah, but it, and I, I, I like, I almost feel like um, I, I almost hate saying energy because I feel like it's almost like a trigger word. Or, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, it's like uh, cliche to say everyone throws this word around these yeah. days, right? But um, I, I see it because when I attend other agents open for inspections, yeah. they're not not attacking, but they're not driving the conversation with buyers. They're not asking the right questions. They're not probing. They're not, the the follow-up is not as frequent or not as immediate. It's these 1% that add up to a 10% difference at the end of the day. Degree of complacency. Yeah, yeah. And just getting comfortable, you know, once you've got a pretty good track history, which I didn't, Mm -hmm. right? And I still don't. Mm -hmm. I still want it to be better. Mm. you you just generally have this cycle of incoming calls and i don't have that right Mm. so i need to push i can't sit on a throne and go pick up the phone Mm. because the call's coming in Mm. the calls from me all go out yeah and uh and you know yeah until that day is i can sit on the throne and and take (laughs) that i'm going to keep pushing you know yeah yeah 
I've got a bit more of a personal question around this Shoot. because I watch your videos and you've yeah. got some really, really good fashion sense. So I <laughs> enjoy, I enjoy the you. fashion videos that you've got going on. Yeah. Uh, winter wardrobe, talk yeah. me through it. What are yeah. we rolling with? Lots of knitwear. Okay. Knitwear is your friend. Okay. Casualize it. Even today, like I just, you know, threw in a crew neck underneath the suit and, yeah. um, you know, is fashion doesn't need to be expensive. And I think a lot of, especially younger agents, I see them sort of peacocking and this and that on Instagram or wherever, yeah. right? Um, you don't need to spend a bomb on your wardrobe. Yeah. Seriously. Uniqlo is your friend. Buy well, buy less, yeah. buy basics, keep it simple, and um, and you'll have a really great wardrobe that you can switch in and out. Don't go for loud fabrics because uh, it's you know it gets noticed. It's like it's like girls with with, with a dress, right? They're like, can't be seen wearing that again, yeah. right? You buy a pink dress, you know, everyone's seen it, right? So you keep it simple. I stick to navy. All of my wardrobe is pretty much navy. I've got a couple of special things in there, but look, I love fashion, yeah. you know, like. Um, it was a big passion of mine in my early years in high school, yep. after high school, pre real estate. You know, I've always been, I've always been interested, and it's going to be something that I carry through, and it's just part of my life. Yeah, you know, and I love dressing well, feeling good, and um, and that, you know, is a big part of uh, big part of who I am. Love that, love that. Uh, I look at you as. The Victorian Gavin Rubenstein. <laughs> um, we talked about this. It's a huge compliment, but I, yeah. I, I think it's true. Um, Thank you. Do you have many mentors, or who are your mentors that you work with at the moment? It's a good one. Look, so I uh, I do see my business coach Josh Fagan okay. uh, relatively frequently. We do group training through Biggin and Scott with okay. him, which is awesome. He comes down to Melbourne almost monthly mm. uh, and that is that has been incredibly helpful he is a beacon of knowledge and yeah. uh and advice and insight and he's got this really unique perspective that he's not working in the industry yeah it's kind of working on the industry yeah so not being a real estate agent himself he used to be but not now i think he's got this really incredible worldly view to give great insight so for anyone out there listening who does want some direction, advice, and or mentorship, I think he is uh, the number one real estate coach to seek out. Yeah. Um, I obviously, look, I tune into a lot of content and uh, and information from Tom Panos. I think you know, okay. I think he's got a lot of really, uh, really interesting points of view yeah. and perspectives. Um, but look, at the end of the day, like I, I watch a lot of my competitors, not with the interest in commentating on what they're doing, mm -hmm. but just to see how they're operating, what they're doing differently. Uh, obviously, a big standout in the Victorian marketplace is White Fox and everything they've built sure. yep. as a business, which, you know, absolute credit to Marty. Yep. He's done a great job in really segmenting a very unique approach to the marketplace. Mm. And, uh, you know, there's some really, uh, really interesting things to take away from that, yep. you know, in terms of branding, marketing. Um, at the end of the day, we do a very similar job, yep. but it's how you present yourself yep. and therefore value you charge based on how you present. Yep. So, I, uh, yeah, I've got a lot of respect for what they've done. Yeah. He's nailed the video content, content side of things. Yeah. Uh, catchphrase, here's the deal. Love that. Yeah, yeah. You I can't I can't say that. I no. can't use it. I think it's trademark. <laughs> <laughs> oh, very good. But look, yes and not, because look, I don't think it's about imitation. I can look at what someone else does and go, okay, I think they do it great for XYZ reason. I do like I do little things that um for example, I do my own video content for every property that we sell. Yeah. And it's not flashy and it's not fancy. There are no transitions. There's no drone footage. Yeah. Right. There's no day and night XYZ. It's I film it on my iPhone. Yeah. I've got a little gimbal. And uh yeah, look, honestly, pro tip for anyone out there, check out what I have done on just our YouTube page for Beginning Scott, and you'll see the video walkthrough tours that I've done. And this was incredibly vital through COVID to sell property yep. when people couldn't see it. And we sold some amazing property through video. Mm. But also it meant that I would be narrating 
uh, property for let's say four to six minutes mm. as I walk through it. I record the narration after. Yeah, I cut and splice it on my iPhone, right, and it goes on YouTube. And the cut through that that has had has been astronomical, and that is something that every client who brings me into the lounge room mm. has referenced. Yeah, everyone says love your videos. Yeah, right. And it literally, and it astounded me because I thought they were pretty average. I can't believe you did them on the iPhone. It, it, yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow. Like, okay. the, you know, you, you don't need to spend, like we, we, we have a videographer that we work with, but to do a professional video, it's about $1,800. Yeah, it's not cheap. Right? And more than that, the ability to book, Yeah. like sometimes the lead time for us is very, very, very slim, yeah. right? To, the turnaround to get a property on the market needs to be quick and they'll ask for three weeks yeah. to book it in plus a, like three to four days turnaround, yeah. right? I go, not going to happen. I need to get on the market now. Yeah. I will have sold that by the time you're able to get it back to me, right? So, you know, I do it this way and it's had really good cut through. But the thing to remember is, you know, especially when you're selling premium property, uh, you know, you're dealing with high net wealth individuals who are highly educated and probably bought and sold property before. And based on the negative imprint that a lot of people have of the real estate industry, mm. are very trusting of real estate agents. So if I've done a six minute video where I'm narrating at this kind of pace mm. and talking about the property before they even come down, they feel like they've met me yeah. and I've built rapport and trust. Yeah. And, uh, and that's massive mm. to, uh, number one, getting them to buy the property, but number two, getting the best sale price yeah. for my client. It's so interesting. I, when I was in sales, um, I was always told that never narrate, never have the agent too much in the video because uh, the audience doesn't want to see the agent. They want to hit, see the property, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. But I think the way that you're doing it, actually talking through the features of the property and mm. not making it so much about visually you, but at least they're hearing you, hearing your sales pitch. I think it's very, very effective. So, Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, you know, like I didn't expect it to be received as well as it has yeah. and it has, yeah. you know, and so I've kept it up. We do it for every every listing yeah. without a doubt. Um, and, you know, it's not like they get crazy views, but per property, it's probably 500 views. Yeah. You know, that's direct click through Homely. Yeah through the real estate portals and yeah. have a link. Perfect. They'll see the video. Awesome. They'll come down and see it. And it's a very honest opinion and, and showcase of the property. So yeah. if you like it in the video, you'll love it in person. Yeah. You know, and, and I'm not, I'm not giving some ridiculous spiel. It is very, very simply, you know, here's the primary bedroom, incredibly tall ceiling heights. We're at three meters here. Northwest orientation with light coming in at this time of day, mm. electric blinds, built-in wardrobes, carpet underfoot. Like it's that kind of just really simple detail that can be missed yeah. um, that kind of give people this really good understanding of the property. So really when they come in down to see it, like it should be, yeah, I want to buy it. It's almost like tick, tick tick as you're going through all the features yeah. they're like oh okay good it's got that yeah. it's got this okay yeah. tick 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 no it's exactly. really really good mate we're getting to the end of this yeah which saddens me yeah but yeah. we've got to end it at some point i normally finish with a few quick fire questions yeah one of the ones that i had written down was uh, are you the admin of lords of property but i think we've already we've, covered we've, we've covered off on that one yeah yeah uh, i guess back on the property side of things yes yeah. uh, where do you see the market going i guess in the short to medium term Look, it's interesting you say that you ask this question because prior to my leaving for overseas, we had an amazing few months. Yeah. March, April, May were incredible for us. Yeah. So that was, uh, you know, in the last 18 months, standout. Yeah. Right. Strongest months for us in as far as sales, uh, sales made and sales settled. Yeah. Now, coming back, I've, I've really noticed that potentially the media might have been uh, a very negative place to, you know, stick your head in the sand over the last month. Yeah. And uh, a lot of the reporting has been uh, yeah, incredibly negative. And I have found that effect by confidence yeah. in this first week that I've been back. I have found a level of uncertainty and a, a level of, um, yeah, probably worry. Mm -hmm. in people's voices as I speak to them on the phone. So 
it's going to be a very interesting six months. I think if you're considering to sell, I would sell prior to the onslaught of new properties coming onto the market for spring. Yeah. All right. I think that is the number one uh, problem or issue that people who want to sell are going to face is an oversupply of listings coming onto the market. Yeah. Right. Um, you know, CoreLogic, RP Data has sort of said that they've had a record number of market appraisal reports produced, yep. which is a pretty clear sign and indication of people getting appraisals, new properties coming onto the market mm. in the next three to six months. Yeah. So you sell in isolation with as minimal competition as possible in order to get the best result. Mm. There is enough buys in the marketplace at the moment to sustain the current undersupply that we've got. If that supply factor is to increase, you know, by quite a lot, then we're going to be up for some probably tough times. Mm. It's uh, it's a balancing act at the moment. And we've Absolutely. seen a little bit of a spike in terms of pricing over yeah. the last few months, but yeah. that's because some markets are 40, 50% down Absolutely. on volume. So. We, and we, we notice that 100%, you know, and as the pie shrinks, I need a larger slice of the pie. <laughs> but, you know, I, I'm incredibly positive. I always am. I think, you know, there's, I think 2024 is going to be great. And I think it's going to be a really incredible year. I'm already thinking like, not to say this year is done, but, um, you know, I'm thinking that sort of direction. And, you know, I think there'll be with the combination of, let's say, rate decreases in 2024 and or some uh, personal income tax changes from the start of the 2024-2025 financial year, Mm. um, that'll reduce personal income tax for you know, some people yep. will be really helpful to the real estate sector. Um, but if there's any advice that I can give, it's that for anyone thinking of upgrading, do it now or do it soon. Okay. Okay. If there's any better time, it's at the top of the interest rate cycle and the bottom of the price cycle. Yeah. Right. If you're in a unit wanting to get into a house, there is no debating the fact that house and land will improve better capitally over time do it mm-hmm. if you're in a two million dollar asset you want to get to a three million dollar asset do it now yeah. again and then ride the recovery yeah it's as simple as that ride the recovery if this is the bottom of the price cycle and uh, a lot of people speculate that it is or we're very very close to you'll never be able to pick the bottom until it until it elapses yeah right until it's rising again until it's rising again you go should have bought yeah right I always, always believed the best buy to, the best time to buy property was yesterday. Yep. So seriously consider it. I know that, you know, uh, fortune will favor the brave. Yeah. And um, you just need to go out there and make it happen for you. Yeah. I think Warren Buffett said something once of buy when everyone's <laughs> selling and sell yep. when everyone's buying. So yep. something along those lines. Yeah. I'm yep. not as wise as him, but I'll just <laughs> use his quotes. Yeah. Uh, you kind of answered my next question, but it was more around what sort of advice would you give to buyers and vendors moving into the spring market? Is there any sort of niche things that they need to be doing moving into the market? Look, I think a lot of people, a lot of buyers at least, have uh, have lost a lot of heart. They've kind of felt as if the lack of available property has been very depleting. Yeah. for them and then it stopped them looking mm-hmm. they're thinking emotionally they're not thinking um factually logically right keep your finger on the pulse there are some great buys out there everything i sell is great value it's not cheap it's great value yeah. so the fact of the matter is you are buying better than you would have in the last two years yeah okay take advantage of that situation don't try and you know, people get so picky around, oh, maybe it maybe might be a little bit less. You know, you're being, you're focusing on it too closely, okay? Long-term, you will win and property is a long-term game. If you are in it for the short-term, maybe look at shares mm. or something else, right? Yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah, I think a lot of buyers have come to me and said, oh, there's not enough around. I go, well, I'm doing CMA reports and I'm seeing a lot of transactions of properties that should have suited you, but you didn't buy. Mm. And the amount of conversations I'm having with buyers that go, I woulda, coulda, shoulda on XYZ three or six months ago yeah. are a lot. Find something you like, 
there'll always be compromise. If it's eight out of 10, you're doing well and it's a good property. You think that you can afford the value, great. Yeah. If an interest rate rise happens again this side of Christmas and you can afford it, great. Yeah. Bye. Very good, mate. Very good. We've reached the end. <laughs> appreciate appreciate you having me here. Mate, honestly. it's been awesome. Yeah. I really uh, appreciate you taking the time, sure. talking to us about your journey, what you're doing out in the marketplace. Mm. Big fan. So thank Love you it. very much for coming on. Awesome. Everyone, If I mean, if you're not advertising on Homely, you should be. There we go. Love that. Nice little <laughs> spook. Praise. Great to see you, mate. We'll see you soon. Before you go, please hit follow, like, and subscribe to make sure you have me and my next guest back in your ears in two weeks' time. Until then, make sure you share this episode with your friends and colleagues, find details and resources in the show notes, and get in touch via Homely Socials with any questions. That's at homely.com.au on Insta, Facebook, and TikTok.